0: Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537 is the voicemail number. Uh, Ratchet at gmail.com is the email address. And you can follow us on Twitter at Ratchet Book Club. So I guess that the tale aspect of the tale of the Murder Mamas is done. Um... We didn't really get to find out their their biggest hits. You know, all the ones that Fabian somehow had access to. And I guess it's done because me and Moore woke up and is talking. Um, and she can't be in two places at once. Because like matter can't operate in the same space. Something like that. Um, time Cop. Y'all watch it. I watch it all the time. I love it. But, um, yeah. Let's get to it. I guess this would be my last time playing this. <music> Chapter 15 Had you heard from me and more? Aries asked. Whoa. Okay, so cool. Uh, Aries asked she handed Robin a moving box to carry into their new apartment. They were in L.A., living the life, and after months of functioning out of hotels, they finally decided to move into their first West Coast spot. Their apartment overlooked Santa Monica Beach. They had made sure to get a three-bedroom, just in case me and Moore decided to join them one day. Nah, I haven't heard from her since we left. She's too wrapped up in that motherfucker Carter. I can't believe she chose him over us. That's been our rule since the very beginning. Fuck nigger, nigga, get your paper. I guess she forgot about all that, Robin stated with a shoulder shrug as they made their way inside. Ares placed the box she held in her hands on the floor and sat down to go through its contents. She frowned when she opened it to find it full of envelopes that were addressed to Mia Moore. Methinks you made a mistake and took some of Mia Moore's stuff out of storage. This box is full of old letters to she, she stated. It's probably just old letters from murder, Robin said. I probably grabbed him by mistake. She stayed writing that nigga back in the day. You would have thought he was her man instead of a niece's. Aries had never met murder but she had heard a lot about him. Me and Maurice used to talk about he all the time, she recalled. Robin nodded her head as she continued to unpack boxes and rearrange their place. Uh-huh. Between me and you, I think they had a little thing for each other. It was like after that shit happened to her and Beatrice, she wasn't really worried about no dudes. I think that rape fucked her head up more than anything. You think? Then, when she met that nigger Carter, she was on some other shit, talking that love bullshit. Me don't trust the nigger Carter. Me think me and Moore is in over she had, airy stated. She might need us. Robin waved her hand in dismissal. I ain't worried about me and Moore. She made her decision. Nobody made her stay back in Miami. She could take care of herself. Ares opened up one of the letters and read the intimate words the murderer had written Mia Moore. It was obvious to her that Mia Moore and murder had been close. In his letter, he expressed his concern for her, and also expressed how he could take care of both Mia Moore and Anissa. It seemed like he was the only other male attachment Mia Moore had ever had. Ares went into a room and pulled out a piece of paper. Robin appeared at her doorway and asked, what are you doing, girl? We still have so much stuff to unpack out of the car. She came in and flopped down on Ari's bed. Don't you think it's strange that she hasn't called us? We haven't gone one day without talking since the day we met. Now all of a sudden, Mia just falls off the map. Me gut tells me something is wrong, Ari said. You're right, Robin stated. Me think me's going to write murder and let him know what's up with she. Ari said, what's he going to do? He's locked up, Robin replied. Ari showed Robin the letter she had just read from. Murder. See, now that's, I think that's, I think that's Amazon's fault. Because they put murder on a whole different line, like a big ass gap. So it looked like a full sentence and then it wasn't. Ari showed Robin a letter she had just read from murder. According to this, he'll be out soon. Maybe he can talk some sense into she. All right, girl, go for what you know, Robin stated. She hugged Aries and left her to write her letter. Where are you writing the letter to? Oh, he's still in jail, so, okay. All right, never mind. My bad, my bad. Murder walked on the platform of his tier, his khaki jail pants hanging slightly off his behind as he strolled towards the cell. He received much love from the other inmates, but he didn't deal with Many. His business was still popping in prison. He survived in the joint by Merkin niggers who stepped out of line. He was paid with cigarettes, drugs, shoes, clothes, books, and basically whatever else an inmate had to offer. It was far less than what he had killed for when he was on the outside. But behind the walls was a completely different world. Something as simple as a pack of cigarettes could be worthy as gold in prison. He entered his cell just as the bars began to close. They ain't wrong. I've heard of niggas getting stabbed over a pack of noodles. Now it's not cup of noodles, and it's not top ramen. It's it's this thing called kung fu noodles. If you know, you know. But kung fu noodles was the first uh, upscale, but let, yet low cost noodles that I had because I had they were the ones that had the seasoning in it, but then they also had the sauce packet in it, and the sauce packet made it everything. Niggas would get murdered on the block. For three of those packs. And by the block, I don't mean on the avenue. I mean literally like e-block or whatever unit you're in in prison. So, yeah. I don't. They're kind of hard to find now. And I wish I could find more because I love them to fucking death. High in sodium, but the flavor is just. A CO walked by. Brown. You got some mail the fat white guard said as he stuck a single envelope through the bars of his cell. A look of surprise crossed Murder's face. He had only received mail from one person, but he hadn't heard from her in years. Me and Moore was the only person who had ever contacted him while he was locked up. He opened a letter and read, Hey Murder. She writes like this? What the fuck? I know we talked about if they think with an accent. I know. I know we did, but there's no fucking way that people write with an accent. That is literally bullshit. Chew don't know me, but I'm a friend of Mia Moore's. Me know you know all about the murder mamas and what we are about. Anissa used to tell us stories about you, so me know what you bout and how you get down. Anissa was killed down in Miami, and me think the same people who killed she may have hurt Mia Moore too. She started fucking with one of our marks, and me think she is in trouble you are the only person she might listen to. Please call me so we could put her on three-way. Maybe you can talk some sense into she. 852-444-9683. Four, 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 me put some money on the commissary for you Call soon. Aries. Few things about writing a letter in jail. When you write letters to inmates, the cops open them up and look at them. They open them up and read the mail. And most folks are coding the, the stuff, but even then, cops are savvy not to be able to break the code. So, if you write a letter to an inmate talking about the murder mamas and what he used to do and how he gets down, the cops are going to see that. Just a thought. Murder knew exactly who Aries and Robin were. Mia Moore told him all about them in some of her letters. He was not worried about Mia Moore. He didn't know what was going on, but he fully intended on finding out. He was up for parole and would be out of the joint in a couple of weeks. He wrote Aries back and asked her and Robin to meet him in Miami. He had done five years easily, but now that he knew Mia Moore was in danger, the next two weeks were going to creep by torturously slow. I know little mama better be a'ight. Our niggas in Miami going bleed. So now we know how uh, the cartel is gonna get by in the next book. Because obviously I have books one through three. The next books with nothing left in the actual cartel but Mecca and Carter and Zaire. I guess murder's going to come after. Hopefully, he comes after Mecca. But chances are Mecca's going to murder him. Or uh, Carter's going to murder Mecca. Also, me and Mark could be like, nah, Carter didn't do shit to me, fam. I love Carter. His brother did it to me. Murder him. I've been trying to tell these two this whole time. They wouldn't listen to me. Murder him. And then, you know, it's a two page book, but that's not going to happen. Chapter 16. Mecca stood over Mia Moore and looked at her with pure hatred. Also, that should have really been a murder mama chapter. That shouldn't have been a cartel chapter. I wasted my music. Mecca stood over Mia Moore and looked at her with pure hatred. He had finally gotten a chance to be alone with her without any supervision. And he was going to make the most out of that opportunity. It was in between the nurse's shift and his heart was racing as he looked down at his worst enemy. He wanted to tell Carter about Mia Moore, but he didn't want to take the chance of Carter siding with her. He saw how much Carter loved Mia Moore, and it enraged him, knowing that Carter loved the same woman that he hated so much. Well, the last time that one of your siblings loved the woman that you loved... The last thing he wanted to do was be in a beef with his only remaining blood brother over a female. He figured that what Carter didn't know, couldn't hurt him. This bitch got his head gone, but I'm about to end this game and send her to her maker, he thought as he stared over her, clenching his jaws. Mecca looked over his shoulder and made sure no one was coming just before he focused his attention back on his worst enemy. He bent down and began to whisper in Mia Moore's ear, hoping to God that she could hear him. He was unaware that she had come out of her coma earlier that day. So when she opened her eyes, it startled him. He saw the lazy look in her eyes and knew that she was weak. He was glad that she was conscious. Now she would know who was taking her life. Mecca was about to gain his sweet revenge. I hate you, bitch. Mecca whispered as he began to pinch her oxygen supply. I want you to die a slow death. I'm going to finish what Fabian couldn't do. He whispered and smirked as he heard her heart monitor begin to beat faster. Mia Moore wanted to return the gesture by saying, Fuck you, but she was too weak to even open her mouth. The only thing she could move was her fingers. Mecca looked down at her hand and noticed that she managed to stick her middle finger out. He chuckled as he pulled the pillow from under her head. Stopping her oxygen flow wasn't quick enough for her. He wanted her dead. He held the pillow up and prepared to suffocate her to death. Didn't he just say he wanted her to die a slow death like a paragraph back? Maybe two paragraphs back? I want you to die a slow death. I'm going to finish what Fabian couldn't finish. Then, two paragraphs later, he wanted her dead. Stopping the oxygen flow wasn't quick enough for him. Me and Moore tried to say something. Tried to call for Carter. But only a low, raspy grunt came out. "'Nobody can save you now, bitch,' Mecca whispered. "'What's going on?' Carter asked as he walked into the room. "'I was just fluffing her pillow, bro.' "'Your sleeping beauty looked uncomfortable,' Mecca said as he began to fluff the pillow, hoping that Carter didn't see what he was really trying to do. Carter smiled and walked over to Mecca and put his hand on his shoulder. "'I'll take it from here,' he said, not knowing that Mecca was about to murder his only true love." I have to talk to you and Zaire when I finish up in here, Carter added, thinking about the plan that he was putting together for their relocation. Cool. I'll be downstairs, Mecca said just before he shot Miyamore a cold stare. Miamore matched his stare, and she wishes she could say something. Like, didn't Carter see either one of them like if he's looking at Mecca, he should have saw Mecca still grilling Miamor. And if he's looking at Mia Moore he should have saw me and more still grilling Mecca. And either way it goes, he knows that their relationship is, at the least, frosty. So, ask some questions, nigga. Ask your lady some questions. Ask her to check a box. You know, like, do you like me? Check yes or no. And then she points at whichever one. Obviously, her fingers still work. Yo, is Mecca trying to kill you? Yes, no, it's complicated, other. And if she says other, then you just... Play charades, I guess. Mecca and Mia Moore both despised each other with equal passion, and it was obvious that neither one of them wanted to tell Carter the truth. Both of them wanted to kill one another and then keep a bond with an unknowing Carter. Mecca exited, and Carter focused his attention on Mia Moore. He pulled up a chair to her bed and began to stroke her head and look into her eyes. Hey, beautiful, he said just before he leaned over and kissed her cheeks. He heard Mi'amore grunt while moving her lips, trying to talk. Shh, save your energy, baby, he said as he put his finger over her lips. The nurse said it will take a couple of days before you're able to sit up or talk. You have to rest, he explained. Mi'amore looked into Carter's brown eyes and knew that he was the man she wanted to spend her life with. However, she knew the Mecca was trying to kill her. I wish I could just tell him. Come on, more, Move your lips. Talk, she thought as she tried to say something. But it was to no avail. I have to tell him the truth. Will he love me? Will he understand and pick me over Mecca? Wait. Just like a few paragraphs earlier. They did this again. That's amazing. Two times in the same chapter. Just a few paragraphs earlier they're talking about how neither one of them wanted to tell Carter the truth. Both of them wanted to kill each other and keep a bond with Carter. So now she wants to tell him, but she can't talk? chee- wally wally or it's one mic? Um, Carter picked up Mia Moore's hand and kissed it softly. I'm going to kill whoever did this to you. I swear. I know it's all my fault. I was in the middle of a war and never thought about my enemy coming for you, he said, feeling guiltier with every word. Your brother's the one trying to kill me, Mia Moore thought as she heard the sincerity in his voice. She promised herself that if Mecca didn't kill her, she would tell Carter the truth as soon as she was able to. She was tired of running from herself. She was looking into the eyes of the future. Her future was in Carter Jones. That is, until Murder Brown gets out of jail. Murder Brown. (laughs) Just listen, Carter said slowly and sternly. After you get well, we're moving from Miami. No more wars. No more of the fast life. We can work on us and become one, he said, meaning every word of what he was saying. He wanted to spend the rest of his life with me and more, and he was willing to give up the dope game for good just to make that happen. Carter couldn't take Miami's ills anymore. Breeze's death was the last straw. It was as if Breeze had died twice, because just when they were coming to terms that she was gone, she reappeared, but only to commit suicide when they were only seconds away from saving her. Carter was tired of everything, everything except for me and Moore. She's the only good thing in my life, he thought as he clenched his jaw, thinking about his deep love for her. Just to see her lying in that bed, helpless, almost brought a tear to his eye. He was ready to make her a happy woman, and eventually, his wife. A tear slipped down Mia and Moore's cheek, and Carter believed it was tears of joy, but in actuality... It was a tear of pain. It pained me more to think about how she would have to tell him that she was connected to the man that killed most of his family. And that she gave the drink to Terran that killed her. And that she was a killer. A cold killer. I mean, technically, you gave the drink to Taryn without knowing for sure that it was poisoned. You just knew you didn't want to drink anything Mecca gave her. So, for the most part, I can get you away with spit. You didn't want to drink that drink because you thought Mecca had spit in it. So you gave to Terrence, so then his mama would be drinking his spit. The nurse had just arrived, and Carter looked back, greeted her with a smile, and stood up. Get some rest. I'll be back to check in on you in a while, he said as he pecked her on the forehead and exited her room gracefully. Man, the fuck is wrong with you, Zaire asked half-jokingly as he watched Mecca take a shot at Patron. Mecca was noticeably angry and irritated. Nothing. I'm good, Zai, he said, thinking about how he couldn't get to Mia more. I'm going to kill that bitch tonight. I don't give a fuck. She got to die, he thought as he tried to conceal his feelings from Zaire, who was staring at him like he was crazy. You sweating and shit? I'm just saying. You look like you got something on your mind, Zaire said as he sat on the couch. Before Mecca could respond, Carter entered the room. Yo, fam, I need to talk to y'all for a minute, Carter said as he sat on the Italian leather couch next to Zaire. Mecca sat across from them and wanted to hear what Carter had to say. Our time has passed with this organization. We have to clean our money and get out of the game. I've been talking to a couple of business associates, and I'm putting something together for us in Phoenix. We can wash our money and get into the casino business. A casino? Zaire asked as he sat up. Not expecting to hear what was coming out of Carter's mouth. That's right, Zai. We have to get out of the dope game and go legit. Some business partners of mine are willing to sell us a small share of a new casino that's being built there. It's the only way that we're ever going to prosper. The feds are on me, and the connect ain't fucking with me because of the indictment. We're in a lose lose situation. It's only a matter of time before the cartel goes under. Feel me? What are you talking about? Diamonds move dope. We run these streets, and I'm going to run these motherfuckers until I die, just like Papa did, Mecca said, sounding more ignorant with every word. That's the mentality that's going to land us all in jail. Think about it, Mecca, Carter said as he emphasized his words with subtle hand gestures. If snitch-ass Ace wouldn't have had a baby mama, I'd be serving a life sentence right now. We just barely got out of that situation, Mecca. We're under a microscope. And next time, I might not be so lucky, Carter said, breaking down the truth to his younger brother. What what hand gestures was needed for that? I'm really trying to think of what hand gestures he would have used. Was it for snitch ass ace? Life sentence? What where's the hand gestures? If snitch ass ace I don't know. I don't I don't get it. Maybe Carter's right, Zaire added as he began rubbing his hands together. We have to get out of this hood mentality and expand. Think about not having to worry about are we going to get caught, or who's next to die. We're losing those we love behind this shit, he said as he thought a Breeze. I'm with it, Zaire conceded as he held out his hand and slapped hands with Carter. Mecca, you in? Carter asked as he and Zaire looked at him. See, they have those two... Those those three on two separate couches. Zaire and Carter on one and Mecca on the other to show they're not on the same page. Mmm, deep. Yeah, I'm in. But first, I gotta go kill your girl. Mecca thought as a small smirk appeared on his face. He was gonna have fun killing me and more. The fact that he was doing it right under Carter's nose added more enjoyment for him. I'm in, bro, he said as he reached over and slapped Carter's hand. Good, good, Carter said as he stood up. Look, but first we need to finish off the last shipment. We have to get our money out the streets. Anyone who owes us money from consignment needs to pay up. We're out of the game officially today. I know that the business slowed down while I was locked up, but now I'm home and it's time to collect. Zaire, I want you to collect from them Liberty City niggas. And Mecca... You need to collect from the Overton crew. We hit them each with 50 joints, right? Carter asked, not sure of the amounts that they had spotted the crew with on the previous shipment. Yeah, that's about right. I haven't heard from any of them either, Zaire added as he thought about the money that they had in the streets. Niggas thought they wouldn't have to pay up since you got locked up. They think the cartel's over. It's time for them niggas to pay, Mecca added as Carter refreshed his memory. Almost forgot about the death they owe us. I didn't, Carter added as he stood up to walk out of the room. It's time for the cartel to collect, he added just before he disappeared in the darkness of the hallway. Zaire grabbed his keys, and so did Mecca. I'm going to head out and take care of that, Zaire said, planning to head to Liberty City. Me too, Mecca said as his trigger finger began to itch. He wanted to go and put a bullet in Miamor's head so badly, but he decided to wait until he came back. He wanted Miamor to be in fear. She didn't need to know when he would kill her, but she knew that he was lurking, and that was enough to plant his seed of fear. He wanted to make her miserable before taking her life. Mecca smiled and headed out of the door, followed closely by Zaire. Miamor watched as the nurse dipped the towel in a soapy washpan. It pained me more to know that she was helpless and couldn't move on her own. I feel so weak, she thought as she felt the warm towel on her skin. Mecca constantly stayed on her mind. She didn't know when he would return to kill her, and she knew that he would succeed because she was too weak to defend herself. She saw a man's silhouette in the door, and her heart began to speed up, hoping that it wasn't Mecca. Before she could play the guessing game, Carter appeared. "'Leaning in the doorway. "'How's she doing?' he asked as he slowly walked in. "'She's going to be fine. "'She just needs a lot of rest and love,' the nurse said "'as she continued to wipe more's arms and neck, cleaning her. "'Great,' Carter said as he leaned over and kissed more's forehead. "'He stared at more and couldn't wait until he took her away from the chaos. "'He had already decided that he would ask her to marry him and be his forever. "'But first. He would have to nurse her back to health. Technically, the nurse is nursing her back to health. Technically. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, that's the nigga right there, Robin said as she watched Mecca and Zaire leave the house. The Dominican on the right, that's Mecca Diamond. And the other one is Carter's little nigga, Zaire. Murder clenched his jaw and breathed heavily through his nose as they camped in the truck outside of the Diamond's estate. They had been eyeing the place for hours, because Murder wanted to check out what he was going up against. He wanted to find Mia Moore, but first, he would have to find Carter. He's the one who killed Anissa? He asked as he grinded his teeth together, feeling the anger building up inside of himself. Yeah, that's him, Ares added as she remembered when Anissa was murdered. Murder didn't get the name Murder for nothing, and he was good at what he did. That's why he always checked out the competition before just jumping into the situation blindly. He knew that he would kill Mecca in due time, but he would have to be patient. His main concern was finding Mia Moore. Zaire and Mecca got into two different cars, and they pulled out. Murder decided to follow Zaire, hoping he would leave him to Carter or Mia Moore. Also, the pull-out method is not a good method; doesn't work. Zaire slowly nodded his head to nods as he maneuvered his car through the streets of Liberty City. He smiled as thoughts of Breeze invaded his mind, and just as quickly as the thought lit up his world, it brought him down. He blinked away tears as he thought about how the relationship never got the chance to grow. She had been taken away from him before they could build their love, and he missed her in a new way as each day passed. He looked at the picture he had of her on his dashboard and gripped the steering wheel tightly as the visions of her hanging crossed his mind. He checked his rear view, and noticed a white truck that had been behind him for a minute. What the fuck? He thought to himself as he switched lanes, and just as he expected, the truck switched lanes also. He then knew he was being followed. Just to be sure, he made two rights hitting each block with speed, and the truck followed him. Zaya reached under his seat and pulled out his Tech 9 I mean, I thought Murder was good at this game. I thought the Murder Mamas were good at this game. Trailing people. You know, targeting them. Scoping them. Casing them. They ain't doing a good job of it at all now. And honestly, to be serious about it, the Murder Mamas track record ain't too good anyway. Because Mecca recognized the car trailing him when he was going to get, when um, Anissa got murdered. So, yeah. He sat on his lap and glanced at the truck once again. He wasn't about to play the cat and mouse game, so he decided to see what was happening. He approached the red light, and the white truck was behind him about two car lengths. He tried to look and see who the driver was, but the black tent kept him or her a mystery. Zaire threw his gear in the park and hopped out with his gun in hand. He pointed at the truck as he walked towards it. What's good, my nigga? He yelled as his jaw tightened he was ready for whatever. He couldn't see who was behind the glass, so he hesitated to squeeze. The truck burned rubber and sped past him as Zaire kept his gun on the vehicle. He pointed the tech at the truck until it was out of sight. He didn't know who was following him, but they were about to get aired out by his little friend. Zaire hopped back into his car and headed up to Liberty City to pick up the rest of the cartel's money. Whew, he huffed as he turned up the music and proceeded. Maybe I'm tripping, he said, pulling off. He ain't tripping. He's not. Chapter 17 The Cartel Six weeks later. So we must be getting to the end of the book. Because that's when they just zoom through life. Like they're trying to get a lot of things they couldn't get done before done. But if it's six weeks later. And that means that Mecca is really bad at trying to murder niggas. Because Mia Moore is still alive six weeks later. I'm hoping. And that also means that Mia Moore kept it a secret for some reason which makes no sense based on what they were saying in the last chapter. Carter's eyes were bloodshot red as he sat near Mia Moore's bedside. His worry for her had taken a toll on his body. He hadn't gotten a good night's sleep since finding her, because he sat in the rocking chair in her room all day and all night to make sure she was okay. He was grateful that she had come out of her coma, but she was still so weak and he felt that he needed to be strong for her. He wanted to keep her spirits up until she was fully recovered. He leaned forward in his chair and rested his elbows on his knees as he sighed. He watched her stir in her sleep slightly. No, no, she groaned while still asleep. She began to struggle and lash out as if she was fighting someone. Carter stood and approached her bedside. Me Moore, more, he said. Wake up, ma. No! She screamed as she sat straight up in bed and fought against Carter. It was dark in the room, and me and Moore had been dreaming of Mecca killing her. For six straight weeks, huh? When she awoke and found a man by her bed, she thought that he had come for her again. She was sweating and her breathing was labored. She was shaking. The terror in her heart paralyzing her while her eyes darted wildly around the room. Mia Moore, it's me, baby. It's just me, Carter said soothingly as he held on to her tightly. When Mia Moore heard Carter's voice, she broke down in his arms. He's going to kill me, she sobbed as she held on to him like a frightened little girl clinging to her father. So you can talk. Mia Moore can talk now. And it's six weeks later. And she can talk and she's still saying he's going to kill me which means Carter's going to be unsure of who she's talking about because obviously she hasn't told him anything 6 weeks later that does not compute also weren't they supposed to never mind i know they were waiting for her to get better before they dipped out of town but also what happened with murder and 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 robin and aries like 6 weeks later they're still plotting Come on, y'all. Concern was written all over Carter's face. He grabbed her by the shoulders. I'm also, also, also. Chain whipping. Chunks of skin and and meat taken off of her to the bone. Why are you grabbing her by the shoulders? He grabbed her by the shoulders and forced her to look into his eyes. Who, Moore? You have to tell me who you're afraid of, Carter said. He was determined that when he found out the identity of Mia Moore's attacker, he was going to kill him. Mia Moore saw the sincerity in his eyes, which only made her cry harder. He sighed and pulled her to his chest. Shh. It's okay, Ma. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. I almost lost you once. I won't lose you again, he promised. He scooped Mia more into his arms and carried her to the rocking chair. the fuck? He sat down with her and stroked her hair while he rocked back and forth. I can't stay here, Carter, she whispered. She gripped the collar of his shirt in fear. His shirt, I guess? They didn't put his. She gripped the collar of his shirt in fear. She was holding on to him for dear life. Shh, I got you, Ma. I promise you. Carter, No! Mi'amore yelled as she sat up shakily and looked at him with sad eyes. She wanted to be a part of this charade. She wanted to live here with him, but with Mecca around, her life would always be a risk. I can't live in this house. I don't feel safe here. I won't stay here, Carter. If you try and make me, I'll run. I'm like a sitting fucking duck in this bitch, she cried. She had never been this emotional, but since coming out of her coma... Her fear rendered her helpless and feeble. All she did lately was cry. He can touch me here. I have to go to a place where he can't find me. Who, Mia Moore? Who the fuck is after you? I can't help you if you don't talk to me, Carter said in frustration. I'll handle that, Nick. You don't have to run. You don't have to worry about it if you just trust me. Give me your burdens, Ma. Oh my God, is he Christ? Is he Jesus? Lay your burdens upon me and I shall give you rest. Come unto me, all ye who labor, because I have a tech nine. I feel like I'm going to hell because it's Sunday when I'm I'm reading this. He whispered as he put his hand gently behind her head and pressed his forehead against hers. Mia more desperately wanted to give all of her to him. She wanted to put her life in his hands, but how could she, when the one man she feared on this earth was Carter's flesh and blood? She hated Mecca just as much as she loved Carter. If I show him who I really am, I'm going to lose him, she thought as she shook her head and kissed his lips. I can't, Carter. You would never understand. Just please get me out of here. Right now, I don't feel safe, Mia Moore pleaded. So they switch up strategy like every single chapter, I guess, because they were, they had her on a collision course to tell the truth. And now she's just like, I just can't, even though I can't do shit. I just can't, even though he's coming to kill me. I just can't just move me out of here. I can't be here. I can't live alone either, but get me out of here. I can't tell you why though. I can't tell you who's coming after me, but she did say in this house, nigga, who do you let in the house? Who do you just do a quick cursory search of the niggas you let into your house and the one who's murdered everybody the one who you probably saw giving cold stares to your girl at some juncture is probably your nigga it hurt Carter after all they had been through Mia Moore still didn't trust him enough to feel secure in his home he tried to understand where she was coming from he figured that she was just paranoid from her attack she was afraid and he was determined to give her a sense of security. All right, Ma, let me get you dressed, then we'll go. We'll go wherever you want to go, he assured her. He placed her back in the bed and put a pair of sweatpants on her. He touched her with such gentleness that it made me and more yearn for him. Not in a sexual way, but in an emotional way. He was so stable. He was always so focused and in control. Every move he made was calculated concisely. Me and Moore wanted to depend on him and take his lead, but it could never happen. In the grand scheme of things, they would always be adversaries. Like Romeo and Juliet, their allegiances lay on different sides, while their hearts were in each other's hands. Let me get your pain medication. It's in the master bedroom. I'll be right back, Carter said before kissing the top of her head. I bet you while he's gone, is gonna pop up just out of nowhere like Snoop Dogg from behind the fucking... Staircase on half-baked. Just look up Snoop Dogg half-baked on YouTube. It's not that difficult. She nodded and watched him disappear into the hallway. This man is my soulmate, but we can never be together, she thought grimly. She looked over to the nightstand that was beside the rocking chair. A gun lay on top of it. She swung her legs over the edge of the bed wincing in pain as she stood to her feet. Her legs felt like jello, but she used all of her energy to make it over to the stand. She leaned against it and took deep breaths as she grabbed the gun. Holding the pistol in her hand caused a wave of relief to wash over her. She gripped it as her head hung on her chest, and she inhaled deeply. So she's going to end up killing Mecca, and then she's going to try and tell Carter what Mecca did to her, and Carter's not going to believe it. Mia Moore had been through hell, and she would never be the same woman she was before. Her body was scarred for life. She would never be able to forget what had happened, because the war wounds would be a constant reminder of her plight. Like a Jew who had been terrorized by Hitler, or a slave that had been victimized by their master, Mia Moore would always remember. I feel like somebody sat there and was like, Ooh, that's deep. Ooh, that's it. That's a move. Ooh, that's deep. ooh. She would always feel the pain. She would always harbor fear, resentment, insecurity. She would never forget. Mecca had changed her life for the worse, and now she had to refocus. She had to retrain her body, and she had to regain composure over her emotions because she was determined to get back at Mecca. But she didn't have a choice but to wait. She had to give herself time to heal. Carter came back into the room and frowned when he saw Mia Moore standing. He rushed over to her. What are you doing? You shouldn't be on your feet, he said. His eyes went to the gun in her hands. He tried to take it from her, but she shook her head. Don't, Carter. I need it. She whispered seriously. Carter picked her up, and with the gun in her hand, he carried her out of the room. All of the luxury inside of the house meant nothing to me anymore. By being there, she was in Mecca's territory, and she refused to stay. She clung to her man and kept her finger on the trigger of the gun as he carried her outside to his car. After making sure that she was secure in the passenger seat, he hurried around to the driver's side and they pulled away. Murder sat up in his seat when he saw Carter carrying Mia Moore out of his house. It was the first time he had seen her in five long years, and it was evident that she was badly injured. His blood boiled at the thought of someone putting their hands on her. And the intimate way that Carter handled her enraged murder even more. I'ma handle that nigger personally, he thought as he palmed his pistol and leaned low in his seat as he watched Carter drive by. Murder pulled out in the traffic and followed. This was the opportunity he had been waiting patiently for. There were no bodyguards surrounding Carter. It's just me and him. This motherfucker riding around with my Shorty like she his bitch, Murder thought angrily. I'm about to claim that. And wipe him and his people off the map. Nikki. you've been locked up for five years and I could have swore that you had said. Like I told you before, it's not meant to be for us. But it don't stop me from wanting you. Like you're fully aware that y'all can't be together. You said that. And now I'm going to reclaim that and, and wipe him and his people off the map. He riding around with my shorty. Like it ain't your shorty. She ain't your girl. Y'all capped that off when you were in jail. She ain't right, you. (sighs) Murder made sure that he kept Carter's car in sight. Now that he had seen Mia Moore, he was more determined than ever to bring her home. Anger pulsed through Carter as he drove in silence. He was livid, not with Mia Moore, but with whoever had instilled so much fear in her heart. He stroked her hand, reassuring Liz. He sped through the city streets, headed towards the Four Seasons Hotel. Mia Moore didn't ask him where he was taking her. She trusted that he would take her to a place where she couldn't be touched. When they arrived, Carter didn't let Mia Moore's feet touch the ground. Seeing her so broken was tearing him up inside. All he wanted to do was treat her like his queen, and if tucking her away inside a fortress was what she wanted... Then he would give it to her. He picked her up, and she nestled her head into his chest. He tucked the gun inside of his jacket so it wouldn't be visible as he took her inside. I need your presidential suite, Carter said to the front desk clerk. The young man behind the desk looked awkwardly at Carter, who was still holding his woman in his arms. Now, Carter reinforced with authority. When Carter entered the room, he laid me and more down on the bed. Close your eyes, Ma. You're safe here. No one knows where you are but me, he said as he pulled the duvet up to cover her battered body. Tears accumulated in her eyes until they were so full that they had nowhere else to go but down her face. Will you hold me? she asked. Carter removed his clothes as Mia Moore's eyes took him in. Her love button began to throb as she admired his chiseled abdomen and chest. He stood before her in nothing but his boxers. He was exquisite, the ideal specimen of a man in every way. He was an Adam to her Eve, but seeing his perfection, the night brought her insecurity about it as She reached up to touch her face. She had yet to look at herself in a mirror, but she knew that she didn't look the same. Her face felt differently, as if Mecca's fists and torturous beating had rearranged her features in the worst possible composition. Carter climbed into the bed and spooned me in more from the back. I can't keep you, she whispered. I'm all fucked up. I can feel it. My face isn't the same. Everything about me's fucked up. My body, my face, my heart, my soul. She spoke so low that Carter could barely hear. Her. You can't keep me away from you, Ma, Carter said, his lips gracing her ear. He stood up and retrieved the mirror from the vanity. He brought it over to Mia Moore. Her hands shook as she reached for the antique handle. When her face came into view, she had to put her hand over her mouth to stop herself from crying too loudly. She couldn't bear to look at herself. Her face was almost unrecognizable. The left side of her face suffered a broken jaw and was healing, but remained swollen and bruised. The blood vessels near her left eye were permanently damaged, and a green bruise would always remain near her temple, not to mention the many cuts that marred her once smooth skin. Everything that she loved about herself was non-existent. All of her perfect features were destroyed. How can you even stand to look at me, she asked as she tossed the mirror aside. I'm not even the same woman you used to know. Now, her face reflected the way she always felt inside. Ugly, scarred, and bruised. She had always felt like damaged goods. Me and Moore, you're beautiful, Ma. Everything about you is beautiful, Carter whispered as he climbed back in bed with her, holding her tight. Do you know how fucked up I was when I thought I'd never see you again? Me and Moore didn't answer, so he continued. I was lost, Ma. You were made for me. These scars show you're a fighter. You're supposed to be dead right now, but you're not. Your body will heal me, more. You just have to give it time. But I love you for what's inside you. You're my lady, forever, he whispered as he took her hand and held it up for her to see. He knew that she had been in so much pain lately that she never even realized that he had slipped a diamond ring onto her finger. She gasped when she finally noticed it. Be my wife. Okay. So if I put a ring on your finger, you're going to feel that pressure on your hand unless your hands are completely numb. Like you're going to feel that pressure on your finger at some point, like a little pinch. If you wake up and you feel a little pinch where a pinch wasn't before, at some point, maybe? I don't know. Moore was sobbing so hard that she couldn't form the words to respond. Carter kissed the back of her neck. I don't want to see you cry, Ma, he whispered. I know you love me, me Moore, but you refuse to let me all the way in. Trust me. Let me protect you. Let me see all of you. You won't like what you see, Mia Moore admitted with sorrow in her tone. Carter's lips made their way south as he kissed from the back of her neck to her shoulders, to her back, and further on. He parted her legs and slipped his tongue in between her thighs. The intense pleasure temporarily erased her pain as a sigh escaped from her lips. You don't really know me, Miamor moaned as she allowed him to kiss her inner thigh. She could see the top of his head as he slowly traced the creases of her vagina with his tongue. Teach me, he responded. He pulled her southern lips apart, revealing her pearl. Trust me, he said as he took it into his mouth, causing Miamor to squirm underneath him. Marry me, he whispered as his tongue made love to her clit, plucking it like a delicate flower. The heat from his mouth drove her crazy, and her eyelids closed in ecstasy. Her love for this man was so deep that from the very first time she saw him, she knew that he was her Achilles heel. He was one of the few people who had ever actually gotten her to feel. She experienced emotions with him that she never knew existed. He had found her and nursed her back to health. He loved her despite her appearance, but she wasn't sure that he would accept her once he found out who she really was. Her soul rained as teardrops graced her cheeks. Her cry was inaudible, but her heart was bleeding for the love that she needed, but she knew that it was one she could never have. Carter worked her over until she came in his mouth. Her love came down like a waterfall, and Carter licked her clean, sucking her clit until her legs shook in satisfaction. He arose silently and walked into the bathroom and drew her a bath. The feelings he had for Mia Moore made him weak, but it was a weakness that he embraced. She made him a better man, and no matter what she said, she would always belong to him. He wasn't taking no for an answer. He was so torn up about what had happened to her. He blamed himself every day. He just wanted to make her happy. After everything he had lost in the war with the Haitians, she was all he had left. As he sat on the side of the tub and watched it fill with water, he felt himself becoming emotional. I let this happen to her, he thought. He felt her arms envelop him, and he looked up to see her standing there. Her health had come a long way since the day he had found her close to dead in the hospital, but she still needed to rest. He knew that it had taken a lot out of her to come and check on him. As he looked up into her eyes, he saw the woman his heart was meant for. She was a fighter, but he didn't want her to have to endure any more anguish. He had to be strong for her. He quickly restored his composure and pulled her down onto his lap. I'm sorry I wasn't there to protect you, he whispered, his words stopping in his throat. Hearing the stress in his voice caused Mia more to close her eyes in torment. I have to tell him. I can't let him think that he did this to me. I can't hurt him like this. He thinks he loves me, but he doesn't even know the real me. I'm the reason why everyone he loves is dead. I can't marry him. There's no way we can ever be together, he thought dismally. Even if she agreed to marry Carter, in her heart of hearts, she knew that it would never happen. Their wedding would turn to someone's funeral, because he was sure to find out about her affiliation with the murder mamas and her role in Terran and Breeze's misfortunes. She also didn't trust herself, because as soon as she crossed Mecca's path, she knew that she would get it popping. I'm not the housewife type. If you really love him, then you'll let him go, she told herself over and over. Mia Moore had to convince herself that her love affair was over, just to stop herself from yearning for his touch. Carter was like a drug to her. She had become addicted to a swagger, the way he walked, the way he talked. The unspoken boss status that he possessed, the way he smiled, all of it endeared her to him. She was willing to settle down, willing to be faithful, willing to trust him. She was ready, but she had to walk away. Out of everything she had been through, leaving Carter would undoubtedly be the hardest thing she ever had to do. I don't have a choice, she told herself. She hoped that Carter would remember them for what they were to each other before all the shit had been thrown into the game. He would always hold a special place in her heart. Mia wiped away a tear as she closed her eyes. Carter, I have to tell you something, she uttered as she massaged the back of his head gently. Knowing that it would be the last time she would ever touch him, she took her time and stared at him in his eyes. I'm not who you... Before Mia Moore could get the words out of her mouth, Carter's lips covered hers. He kissed her passionately as he removed the hotel robe she was wearing. He didn't want to make love to her. She was still too weak for that. He just wanted to take care of his queen, to nurture his woman, to sit back and spend time with his future wife. He removed his Calvin Klein boxers and pulled her gently into the tub. Carter, I really need to tell you this. Shh. His lips never left hers as he silenced her. If you're not saying yes, then I don't want to hear it. Will you marry me? He asked. A lump formed in Mia Moore's throat. How could she tell him no? She nodded her head and gave him a weak smile. Yes, she answered, but as soon as the words left her mouth, she knew that she had made a mistake. In the morning. I'll tell him tomorrow, she told herself. Where the fuck is murder? The next morning, Carter awoke to find Mia Moore staring at him. Her eyes were swollen and red from crying all night as she watched him sleep. What's wrong, Ma? Everything all right? He asked as the palm of his hand graced her face. Are you in pain? More than you can ever understand, she admitted. I'm going to take all that away, Mia, he said. We're moving to Phoenix. I've already begun making the arrangements. In a week... We'll be miles away from Miami. Mia Moore put her finger to his lips. Carter, I need to tell you something. There's something I need to get off my chest. It's important. Carter frowned. He could see the worried look in her eyes. There was something heavy on her mind, and he wanted her to know that she could tell him anything. Just say it, Mia Moore. You can talk to me. First... I want you to know that everything I feel for you is real. It's more real than anything I've ever known. I love you more than I've ever loved anyone in the world. You mean everything to me, Carter. But I can't accept this ring, she said as she removed it from her finger. Don't do this, Mia Moore, he said. Don't shut me out. Mia Moore stood up and paced the room, her wobbly legs barely able to keep her up. Just tell him, she urged herself. Carter, there's a lot about me that you don't know. I've been lying to you, never about how I feel. But all along, you never knew who I really was. Mati paid me and my girls to get at the cartel. Carter sat up in the bed and his eyes instantly turned cold. He stood and put his hands on the wall as he lowered his head and absorbed her words. I belong to a group called the Murder Mamas. We've hit niggas from New York to the South. What, what about St. Louis? Did that happen or not? Mati paid us to come at Mecca, but he ended up killing my sister, Anissa. I've been at him ever since, but he got to me first. He beat the shit out of me. All these cuts and bruises came from him, all because he knew who I was. He gave me a poison drink at your sister's memorial. But I gave it to Taryn. I knew the drink Mecca had given me had something in it. And I gave it to her anyway. I was willing to do anything to get back at Mecca for taking my sister away. When I first met you, I didn't know you were a part of the cartel, Mia Moore cried. Carter was calm, as he used the wall for support. He was too calm for what she was telling him. And she had a bad feeling in the pit of her stomach. But still, she continued her confession. Carter, you have to believe me. If I had known that you were a part of it, I would have never fucked with you. I came to your brother's funeral to kill Mecca. That's when I found out who you were. But by then, it was too late. I had already fallen for you. I love you, Carter. But there's something wrong with me inside. Killing's all I know. I've been doing this since I was 12 years old. You don't know me. I'm a bitch. I'm a murder mama. I'm heartless and cold. I'm all of these things, except when I'm with you. You're the only person in my entire life who's ever taken my pain away. Carter clenched his teeth as he listened to me and Moore's story. The realization of who she really was hit him like a ton of bricks. The thousand lies that she had told him was like a slap in the face. It was all too much for him to even comprehend. He could feel his anger rising as he thought of how he trusted her. He had made the mistake of letting her get close. All this time, he had been sleeping with the enemy. She had been plotting on him while he had been investing his time and commitment into her. She had played him. He thought of the day that he had seen her at Monroe's funeral, and then the faces of his deceased loved ones popped into his mind. She had contributed to the madness, and he had allowed her to. Everything had gone down right underneath his nose. Mecca had tried to warn him about her treachery, but Carter refused to see. That's why he hates her so much, he thought. Me and Moore, what the fuck, why are we here? Me and Moore walked over to young Carter. His silence was killing her. Please, say something, she begged. Carter didn't even feel himself reacting until it was too late I'm not even going to turn the page I'm not even going to look at it I haven't turned the page I bet you he's choking her and he's going to be choking her right when murder walks in then I hope murder fucking murders him because there's no fucking way that you could be like this over this shit you knew her just as long as you knew your family you didn't even like Mackie you didn't even like your family you've only known him for as long as you've known me and more literally not your mama Here we go with the abuse. Three, two, one, turn the page. His rage took over, and he slapped her with such force that it sent her flying to the ground. She instantly tasted the salty blood that oozed from her busted lip. Carter stormed over to the nightstand where he stored his gun. Mia Moore's eyes grew large when he saw him approach her with it in his hands. He loaded the clip and cocked it back then knelt down over her. With tears in his eyes, he grabbed her hand forcefully. Take the gun, bitch. He mumbled through clenched teeth as he held the barrel up to his chest while she gripped the handle. You want to get back at the cartel that bad? Do you know how many innocent people you've hurt? Pull the trigger, Miamor. I am the cartel, and now's your chance. Miamor lay beneath Carter with the gun in her shaky hands. Carter, don't do this, she beseeched. Kill me, you grimy bitch. This is what you wanted. I told you I'd give you anything. You wanted this, so I'm giving it to you. I mean, you promised to give her anything, but you're not giving her understanding. I'm just saying. Carter was so livid that he was foaming at the mouth, and his grip was so tight on her hand that it felt like her bones were crushed from the pressure. Mia Moore never let anyone test her or even speak to her in such a way. Carter was pulling her card and her murderous instincts clicked back in slightly as she glared into his eyes. He was challenging her, calling her bluff, daring her to shoot him. This motherfucker must not know, she thought as her nostrils flared. Mia Moore was like a pit bull. When she was docile, she was one of the most loyal and gentle creatures in the world. But when provoked, something inside of her snapped, and once she clicked on, it was very hard to turn her off. Me and Moore's finger wrapped around the trigger, but when she looked into the eyes of the man she loved, she couldn't bring herself to finish what she had started. Too many things had changed. Her heart wasn't as cold as it used to be. Her icebox was thawing. She had an icebox where her heart used to be, but somebody left the door open and all the ice melted overnight, and now the meat is all thawed out and soft and he has to paw through all of the wreckage to see what can be saved and what has to be cooked that day and it's like $500 worth of food that just got ruined and the ice cream is melted she had some ice cream where a box used to be and now it's all melted and they had to pour it out even though you can make it into a milkshake or a cake one of the two I can't she wept I can't Carter snatched the gun from her and put it to her head pressing at point-blank range as his finger danced on the hair trigger. Hatred and betrayal was in the air as he contemplated ending her life. She had peeled away at his outer layers, the same way that he had done to her. They had penetrated each other's souls, which is why her treachery stung so much. He knew that he should kill her. She deserved to die, but not at his hands. He threw the gun across the room as he arose to his feet. Get the fuck out. He said calmly, but Mia Moore didn't move. Instead, she rolled onto her side as she cried. She was paralyzed in her grief. "I'm sorry," she screamed. "Bitch, get out!" Carter repeated. His voice roared throughout the suite, and he showed no mercy as he dragged Mia Moore across the hotel room floor, disregarding her already injured body. "Carter, no, please!" she yelled as she fought him. She was fighting to stay in his life. With all the energy she had left, she was clinging to him because she knew that once she let go, he would no longer be hers. By the time he got her out of the suite, he was sweating and out of breath, and she was curled up in the hallway. What am I going to do? She cried while looking up into his face. He showed no emotion, no sympathy, no love as he turned on his heels and re-entered the room. He snatched her phone up and then tossed it into the hallway beside her. I don't give a fuck what you do, Moore," he said, the tone of his voice revealing his disappointment. I'm done. You have five minutes to call a cab. If you're not gone by then, I'm going to finish this. And unlike you, I will be able to pull the trigger, he threatened. He took one last look at her and shook his head in disgust. She could see the hatred in his eyes. There was nothing left to say. It was over, and he had tossed her out with nothing. He slammed the door in her face, closing the best chapter of her life. You ever roll your eyes so much you feel like you're gonna fall asleep? 916 633 1537 Ratchet and Ratchet, Gmail.com uh, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter uh, Patreon.com slash single simulcast uh, buy SSCast. You can get exclusive content there. Um, can also help us buy books, movies, things of that nature leave a review on Podchaser, you can leave a review for separate episodes or for the show as a whole, do both Um, you can also leave a review at Apple Podcasts and Stitcher thank you so much for listening I do greatly appreciate it y'all be good, I'ma at you later peace I don't like this ending at all I don't. I mean, it's not the end. There's like more chapters, but I don't like it. I don't like the way that that turned out. It's three more chapters. I'll holler at y'all later. Peace. I mean, what was I expecting though? Understanding? Like, in these books, the women are supposed to be the ones who put their true emotions to the side. Like their feelings of anger or disbelief or distrust or betrayal. They're the ones who put it to the side and always come back to the man. The men don't. Which we've seen because he's done a lot of shit to her either knowingly or unknowingly. And she just shrugged it off. And I know, I mean, it isn't like, like I said, it ain't like he murdered, like she murdered anybody in your family. She didn't. She ain't good at her job, fam. She didn't kill Breeze. She didn't kill Money. And the fact that they're still walking around with the secret that Mecca killed Money Is beyond me. But she didn't kill anybody. She tried. Yeah. She also failed. A lot. Taryn was honestly Mecca's fault. Her saying she knew poison was in it. She didn't say she knew poison was in it. She said she knew something was in it. It's still Mecca's fault. And you need to see that for what it is. (sighs) Y'all be good. I'ma holler at y'all later. Peace.